Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Life Point. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. Today, I want to focus on imagining the power of God and what He can do in our lives. We are winding down on this series. I've got a few more sermons to do on this, but almost done. We've been talking through the importance of imagining God at work in our lives and how incredibly life-changing that is. The last several weeks, we have focused on his forgiveness and his redemption and on the impact he wants to make on each of our lives, and he certainly wants to be the difference maker. Seeking Jesus is something we all need to do if we really want to imagine what he will do. There's always starting point to anything, but number one is first is seeking him, seeking him with all our heart with all our mind, with all our soul. Today our passage is from Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 20 through 34. Excuse me, it's kind of long, but you know what? We need to hear the word, so just listen up. I'll try to read fairly quickly. When Jesus had again crossed over the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was at the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded to Jesus, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him and touched his cloak because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, the disciple answered. Yes, you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. Well, in this passage, we see two quick stories where Jesus was called upon to deliver. The synagogue worker obviously believed in Jesus and believed in his healing power and begged Jesus to heal his daughter. Now, you can imagine, if you have a young child and they're they're virtually going to die, you know, you, you pray, you do everything you can to make that one, one child live. You don't want them to die. Many of us have been that, in that state in our lives, pleading with the Lord to touch someone in our lives, whether by healing or opening doors for them. But this, uh, the very first step in healing is recognizing the need. Unfortunately, too many people don't recognize the need for Jesus in their lives. They want to just trust life to take its course and let the chips fall as they may. I've heard that. Many times over the years, you know, chips will kind of fall how they how they fall. To me, that's crazy when you have Almighty God available to help you. Jairus, the synagogue worker, recognized and called upon Jesus. And the second step is taking action. We all can know the right thing to do, but the question is, do we do it? It is one thing to have knowledge, but it's another thing to put the knowledge into practice. Taking action means you truly believe that God will provide the answers. James chapter 1, verse 6 says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. 
See, too many times we pray like this. Oh, God, you probably can answer my prayer if you so, if you so see fit. Take care of it. Take care of it, O oh Lord, instead of praying, Lord, I believe you're the Son of God, and you've told us to bring our request to you, and you would hear and answer. Sometimes we find ourselves with seeds of doubt because we didn't receive the answer we were looking for. Know this, God will answer, but it will be according to his will, not ours. We ask trusting in him. On the way to heal Jairus' daughter, Jesus went by a woman who had been struggling with bleeding for 12 years. Folks, that's a long time to be struggling with an issue. When she heard about Jesus, she did what she could just to touch his cloak because she believed in his healing power. She believed if she could just touch him that he would heal her body. You know what? He did. Jesus felt the power come from him and asked, who touched me? And finally, the woman came forth and he said to her, your faith has healed you. Can you imagine having that kind of faith? What kind of faith do you have in your life? Do you pray for uh, big needs? Do you pray for small needs? Do you pray for needs at all? And when you pray, do you pray believing that God is hearing you, that God is answering you, that God will work his perfect will in your life? I hope so. I hope each one of us today listening can imagine the power of Almighty God and what he wants to do all over the place in your life, in my life, in our family's life, in our neighbors, in our community, in our nation. And I think you'd probably agree with me. Our nation needs prayer. We need to be one nation under God, not one nation that ignores God and puts God out. I've been so disgusted listening to news and listening to rationale and listening to how God is not in the center of anything. It is so maddening. It is so frustrating. We need prayer. And kind of like I said earlier this year, I've been talking, I said, next year when it comes to our prayer rally at the state house, I'm just going to do everything I can to get as many people there as possible so we can pray, we can bring out the force and pray that God would be with our nation and to recognize that nothing is too difficult for him. We need to let him out of the tiny bottle that we have in our lives. We have him kind of in this little tiny bottle, and we'll just open the bottle top if we need something. Well, he does. He wants out of that bottle now in our lives. He wants to be free to do, uh, to listen to us and answer our prayers. And we have to call upon him. We have to be the one to recognize he is available to us. Please understand this: Jesus is never an inconvenience. You know, there's a lot of things that are inconvenienced in life, but I can tell you one of them isn't Jesus. We act like we don't want him to bother him. We don't want to bother him with our problems because we think our problems are less than somebody else's. Guess what? Everybody else has problems bigger than ours. We all think that. We never think our problems are overwhelming. But I'm telling you something. He is anxious for you to call upon him. He wants to hear from you. He wants you to recognize him as the Lord of your life and to ask him to intervene in your life. The news came to Jesus that Jairus' daughter was dead. In fact, listen to Mark chapter 5, verse 35 and 36. He says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He just said, don't be afraid, just believe. Did you hear the statement they made? Don't bother Jesus. 
It's not an inconvenience for Jesus. He's waiting for you to recognize him and count on his power to touch your lives. But he wants to know that you care and that you do believe. A valuable lesson in life is this. We don't have because we don't ask. One time years ago, my brother once said to my dad, why do you always give Tommy money for to go out and do these things? My dad responded that Tommy is the only one that ever asks. Hey, I was no dummy. I was just a beggar. <laughs> no, I wasn't a beggar. But I just, I asked my dad, hey, can I have some money to do this? I didn't have a job early on in life. And and so my dad was very gracious many times, uh, was very good at giving me things, which uh, I don't think he spoiled me, but he, it came close because my father always gave me stories about things and how they worked and why they worked the way they worked. But I, th- I tell you many times, I think even in the church, we don't have because we don't ask. We want God to do a mighty work. We want God to set things up, but we don't ask. We just kind of float along. We go to our services on Sunday and our Wednesday and whatever we days we have service, and then we just kind of go on in life. But I don't know what kind of follow-through do we have when in praying and asking God and then looking to see if he answers our prayer. I think a lot of prayers, uh, we don't recognize he answers them because we're not looking for the answer. We just pray openly and honestly, but yet then we forget about it and stand saying, Lord, I want to stay with this. I want to be persistent. I want to keep praying. I remember praying about things for a long time. And recently, and I had told you a few weeks ago, I've been praying for I've been praying for weeks about whether I should speak to a group of missionaries in Malaysia in March. I was just undecided whether I should take that trip or not. They want me to go to Penang, Malaysia on March 22nd. It's the end of the legislative season and asked if I would speak to missionaries in South that come from all over Southeast Asia to Penang for four days. And I thought, well, that'd be a great time. I'm just, I got to be honest with you, my biggest thing was the idea of travel. You know, I'm a tall guy and I'm not as big as I was big. I mean, I'm, as most of you know, I've lost a lot of weight, but I'm still 6'2". 227-pound guy. At least I'm not 297 now. Thank you, Jesus. But, uh, but you know, to fly on a plane that far and that long just doesn't sound like a great time to me. So I, I was kind of fighting with that. And I told my church, I said, folks, you just need to pray that God would show me. I wanted God to show me in a mighty and powerful way that I should go or I shouldn't. I would have been fine with either decision. Well, it was the next morning after I asked my church to pray that I woke up in the morning with an overwhelming feeling that I was supposed to go. All the way I can describe it is I had a peace that I had not had, a peace that just took over, a peace that told me literally that, yes, I was to go speak to those missionaries. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll talk about that when I get close so you can be praying for me too, that I can breathe some truth uh, into them and encourage them as they're on missionary journey to lead South Asia to the Lord. I just want to be used as an instrument. So, But I'm excited. But there's a prayer a lot like that. Are you looking for answers? Are you looking for answers? Maybe it's in your own personal life. Maybe, maybe you're looking to buy a house. You're saying, Lord, should I buy a house? Is this the time? And I encourage you to pray and put it before God. God hears. God answers. God is there for you. Tomorrow I want to finish this story about Jairus' daughter and what happened once Jesus got there. It's pretty interesting. Hey, thanks for listening today. 
Pray your day is filled with the glory of Almighty God. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.